Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Soda number 141, the media waiting in the bushes outside St. Thomas Sports Park from Peyton Manning of Sodes. <laughs> I remember I the Manning chase. I, I figured in the week that we just beat the Broncos, you know, hey, they may have beaten us in the Peyton Manning free agency, but we beat them on Sunday. So, yeah. So suck that Peyton Manning. Uh, I, don't you remember all the billboards around town? I mean, they pulled out Dude, all the stops to bring Peyton Manning to Nashville. Look, I, I'm not I'm not a Vols fan, but I was on board for Peyton Manning after what he oh, had done to the Titans for the for are that you last kidding decade. Me? I wanted Peyton Manning so bad. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I I dislike the Vols, um, but I I wanted Peyton Manning as uh, the Titans quarterback because one, the Titans were in a, in a state of flux at that point. The Titans were in a identity crisis mode, and bringing in a MVP quarterback that literally they could have built the entire franchise around him. Now, did do I trust them that they would have? No, which is probably why <laughs> Peyton Manning did not agree to come. He probably saw the handwriting on the wall, which at that point there was probably literal handwriting in the wall because that was the old uh, St. Thomas Sports Park. That was the old building. Bud Adams was still the owner, and it, they were in a state of flux. They were spiraling out of control and a very uh, lazy franchise, if I do say so. And then Peyton goes elsewhere and they have years of futility before Bud passes and Amy Adams buys the team and turns it into something desirable. Now, I think if Peyton Manning was a free agent this year, I think he would very much come to Nashville. Wow. I think he would. I think, think I agree about that? with you. I, I think I do agree with you. I mean, I mean, because the Broncos, they hadn't won a Super Bowl in forever. Elway was struggling to find a quarterback at that time. But the Titans, with some sustainability over the last five, six years, I mean, it's a desirable destination for free agents. Right, right. It's I, I think, I think if we could redo that free agency period, and that was like a roller coaster ride, man. I, I went through that thing thinking, this is never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Oh my gosh, this might happen. Oh my gosh, he's here. I was working, so I was early on in radio working at that point, and I'm like, this might happen. Peyton Manning could be the Titans' uh, next quarterback, and then he signs with the Broncos, and I'm like, of course, uh, mm-hmm. leave it to the Titans to not be able to close the deal with the in-state guy. I feel like that was like the selling points were all there to bring Peyton Manning to Nashville. And it's just the franchise was not ready for him. They were not ready for Peyton Manning. And he clearly saw that and then went and won a Super Bowl in Denver. In fact, won a Super Bowl and two AFC titles in Denver. But 
That entire so title comes from our guy Eldon English at strike one one three. Um, which that was Eldon good again. Yeah, it's he, been a while for Eldon's episode title, so I'm I'm glad he's still he's still cranking them in here. A Tupper of the Year candidate. Um, oh, I have no is, doubt. Maybe a front he, runner. Oh, probably. Yeah, he's a heavy favorite to win Tupper of the Year. He he jumped the line this week because it is Broncos week. So um, if you'd like to submit a so title for next week. Tweeted us with something obscure about the Titans, which that is very obscure. That's a very good. That is exactly what we're looking for in so titles. Media waiting in the bushes outside same as St. Thomas Sports Park for Peyton Manning of so. Which back then I'm pretty sure it might have still been Baptist Sports Park. Um, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, tweet at us your so titles, um, and we will if you know if they're good, they'll jump the line just like uh, Elton did. The um, I, I do have to say this before we get into what our show is vote for us guys. I think, uh, we, we're like two days less by the time you get this podcast, we'll be a day away from voting closing vote for us, please. Uh, we've got the link pinned to our, um, our page. We're going to make it, let, let's make it the link on our bio on Instagram. Let's make it just accessible to wherever you can go, go vote for us. Help us out. Tuppers. We're going up against a beast with the F words pod. They're going to have the votes on us. Lamestream media. Lamestream lame, media, lame media you know, as well. You know, Braden Gall, he's going to act like he doesn't care on the surface, but he cares. He's sending that link to his friends and family. I know he is. So yeah, we'll sleep on Braden. They uh they badmouthed us a little bit. Uh, I heard a heard a clip from their their most recent sode where they uh they were yeah. they were they were clowning us a little bit. We'll get oh, into yeah, that a little certainly. bit. We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, please go vote for us. Vote for us for podcast, National Sports Podcast of the Year. Look, we're Tuppers. We're a small bunch. Obviously, we're still looking for a 1,000 followers on our Instagram and Twitter before draft night, but we are a mighty bunch. We're loud. We're proud. We're kind of like Titans fans in that sense, honestly. There's not, compared to every other NFL franchise in America, Titans fans are very small. Like, we have a very small number of Titans fans, mainly because it's a newer franchise where, you know, it's not as been uh, always a, a popular franchise to, like, we're a small bunch, but we're loud and we are proud. That's why we got our own category last year. So let's band together and let's get word out there. Let's get people to vote. Vote from Google accounts that you didn't even know you still had. Let's get this done. Okay, let's circle. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. No, nobody circles the wagons like the Tuppers. Okay. Mm -hmm. This week, we're joined by our guy, Uncle Mike Herndon. We're going to talk to him about the Titans and uh, Todd Downing and and the Packers game so much to get into with him. So let's not put it off any longer. Let's first, before we get started, get a word from our friends at relax the back. Relax the back ran by CEO Glenn word set out every single day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better and feel better. If you have insomnia issues or posture issues, if you get home from work and your neck is stiff, you have low back problems constantly. Well, go get that fixed at relax the back. They're selling a variety of chairs, mattresses, pillows, all designed to help you feel comfortable every minute of every day. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to maximize your sleep every night. We know you need those eight hours to wake up feeling good and have, have an efficient work day. Um, you know, they also help correct some of these back issues. Like I mentioned, you don't have to go to bed feeling bad. You don't have to wake up feeling stiff. Go check out Relax the Back. They've got zero gravity items. They've got recliners. They've got it all. I'm telling you, they just renovated their office, by the way. So if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, go check them out. 
They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right across from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. If you're unable to get there in person, don't worry about it because you can check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. Best part about it is they've always got some kind of promotion going, so you rarely will pay uh, you know, full price for one of their products, which are fantastic, by the way. If you can get in there, you can lay on all of them. You can sit in all of them. It's just a great, great way to spend 30 minutes, honestly, just going to sit in these awesome, sit on, <laughs> sit on clouds, lay on clouds. So when you go in, because I know you will, make sure to tell Glenn that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titans. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is November 16th, 2022. And all this time, we've been wondering, can Traylon Burks fill the massive shoes left by A.J. Brown? We've been wondering, can he produce the same on the field while deleting fewer tweets off of it? <laughs> and and on a week where Traylon Burks was reinstated from IR and back to starting on this Titans offense, we finally got our answer. We found the replacement for A.J. Brown. We found not just another wide receiver, but another wide savior. Mm. Lightning, lightning has struck twice. In Nashville, Tennessee, we have a guy who could become not just the greatest Titans wide receiver of all time, but the greatest wide receiver of all time. (laughs) And it's not Traylon Burks. But like Traylon, people struggle with the pronunciation of his name. Uh There may now officially be 8 billion people on Earth, but this man is one in 8 billion. It's Nick Westbrook Akine. Uncle Nick Westbrook Akine, by the way. What a game he had against the Broncos. The NWI Wolfpack is loud and proud. Nick Westbrook Akine, not one, but two touchdowns. A solid 119 yards through the air. Is this Nick Westbrook Akine's coming out party? I hope so, because I'd easily go gay for the man. I this is <laughs> I think Nick Westbrook Akine is I look, I don't want I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Okay. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But he might be the greatest Titans wide receiver of all time. <laughs> it's time to have that conversation. It's what time. Day. What a game by NWI. What a bounce back game for NWI. He took a lot of heat. It felt like he took, you know, the brunt of Titans fans frustration after that Chiefs loss. Now his catch was, you know, the pass that Willis threw to him was catchable. It would have been a tough catch. But when you have a backup quarterback playing, you need receivers to make these tough catches to beat teams like the Chiefs. NWI is, you know, has spent the most time with the Titans. He's the most tenured receiver in that room. Okay. And I, I felt like it was a little unfair for Titans fans to jump on his back and, and, and you, you know, come down so hard on him because, look, he, 
he was an undrafted free agent just two years ago. I mean, the guy's yeah. still playing on one-year contracts, and the, which are called prove-it deals, and he has done nothing but prove that he belongs on this team. We always joke, uh, you know, or the, you know, the old joke of there's always every day there's a main character on Twitter and you never want to be it. Mm-hmm. Well, the same is true with Titans Twitter. Every day there's a main character with Titans Twitter and you never want to be it. Most of the time it's Jared Stillman. But on the days it's not, <laughs> it could be uh, Todd Downing. It could be a, a, a player. It could be a coach. And last week, you're right. It was Nick Westbrook Akine for what he said. He was like, you know, we didn't hear a lot of people you know, claiming we weren't producing, you know, in the early, early part of the year when we were producing and everyone's like, when were you producing at the early part of the year? It, look, he received a lot of flack for that, for that quote, but you know what, you know what winners do, you know what true champions do when they receive flack for maybe something they say in a quote or, or, or like in a press conference or an interview setting, they go out and they perform and they make everyone instantly forget about it. And that's what Nick Westbrook and Keen, he couldn't have chosen a better game to go out and ball his ass off than this past week to silence the haters to everyone to be like, oh, wait a minute. I was just bashing you on- online last week, but now here I am cheering you in the stands because you scored for my favorite team, not once, but twice. With the toe drag swag, mind I you. I was about to say, the flea flicker was awesome. That's going to be on the highlight reels. But that, that toe tap he had in the back corner of the end zone, uh, that's one of the best catches of the season for the Titans. And look, sometimes all it takes for a guy like Nick Westbrook, who's got the size, we know he's got good hands. We know he's got, we, we know he's a good dude. Okay, Striking obviously. Good looks. Oh, he's a, insanely attractive. We know that he's got the full package. Okay. Not to be talking about Nick Westbrook, Akine's package on the moment I'd say on, on the same podcast where I said, I'd go gay for him, but we know like he's, he's well-rounded receiver blocks. Great. Sometimes all guys like Nick Westbrook, Akine are missing is that confidence. And look, I don't think there's any better way to stack yourself up with some confidence than a game like he had on Sunday. And on the flea flicker, should Derrick Henry get an assist on that play? I think so. Right? I, I, I do think so. You know, I, the flea flicker with the Titans has to work better than it would with any other team in the NFL because once Derrick Henry gets the ball, all 11 guys are coming down. Yeah. They're collapsing. And, you know, when he turns around, pitches it back, NWI's got 40 yards of green grass in front of him. 63-yard touchdown, longest catch of his career. But I, I agree, you know, I uh, I think it's funny because Todd Downing, who's been criticized for being bland and, you know, predictable and no one really appreciates, you know, what he does from a play calling standpoint, his trick play is the flea flicker, right? Like that's, that's about as, you know, oh, you know, not as like an ingenuitive Right. Trick play. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to say this in a, in a certain way. It's not exactly, you, you know, a play that nobody's seen before. It's not a McVay trick play. It's not a Kyle yeah. Shanahan trick play. It's the oldest trick in the book. I mean, right. it's like, Austin, you have a dog, Coop. It, mm-hmm. It's like if Coop was seven or eight years old and you were like, Jack, you got to come over and, and watch this trick I just taught my dog. And it, it's just shake, right? And there will be dogs <laughs> that live their whole lives without knowing how to shake. But sure. Don't call me to come over to watch your dog shake your hand. I mean, come on. I, like, for all of Todd Downing's sins, I don't want to pile on him for this one trick play that actually worked to perfection. But I do right. find it funny that that's the play he pulls out of his hat. 
Well, literally anyone with a dog can run a literal flea flicker. Uh, I to nice. me, it is exactly it's the it's the trick of the oh, you got something there behind your ear and you pull a quarter out like that's like anyone can <laughs> yes. do it. Anyone can do it. But for us, like that is the that is our, our grandpa downing. That is his number one go to <laughs> joke. And look, I'll give it to him, though. At least it worked a lot of times. How many times have we seen this dude try and run trick plays? And they, oh, they well, Malik Willis fumbled again. I mean, the Malik Willis right. fumble like he does. He does try and get cute, but it never works. I, and I do feel like the the heat on the Bunsen burner that Todd Downing is currently sitting on is getting turned up a bit. Uh, you're seeing reporters start to ask questions. Uh, we're two weeks in a row now where Vrabel has just completely owned PK in a press conference setting to where. But <laughs> but he has, need your... he's, he's kind of shut PK down a little bit. But PK is asking the right questions. I mean, PK, look, no. Yes. Wrong. No, sometimes PK can be like a little, it can be the flea that you're trying to flick. <laughs> but there are times where PK is asking just questions. And in that moment, yes, with the Chig thing, you guys keep talking about getting the ball to Chig more. Help me out here. Why can't I, like, why aren't you getting Every the ball? Every time where he touches it, it he, he runs for 40 yards. Seriously. Yeah, where's, where's, the, where's, the, where's the disconnect there with getting the ball to Chig? And and then Vrabel says, well, you know, helping you is the last thing I would ever want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. PK did ask him, like, hey, man, like, Vrabes, are, are you satisfied with the play calling? And Mike Vrabel tiptoed around it protects his guy like he always does Ravel's not going to be the guy to call out downing in front of everyone but it is kind of like you know I grew up Catholic whenever you whenever you'd uh you know want to confess your sins you go get them washed away you say a few Hail Marys after you tell the priest okay but Todd Downing confessing his sins to Mike Vrabel is like a serial killer showing up to penance every Sunday hey father forgive me for I have sinned I have killed another man it's like at some point Dude, like I, I can't forgive you every time you kill another man. We've got to stop killing these men out. There. Yeah, I, I right. mean, Todd Downing is a serial killer. Mike Vrabel is, is is the priest in this situation, and there's going to come a time where Vrabel's had enough, and he's going to tell Downing off. It'll probably be the end of the season when he fires him. But it, it does just feel like Vrabel is going way over the top to protect this guy. Well, Vrabel will also probably tell downing to just do a couple of hail marys because that is the titans only hope for scoring in the second half of games the um i the i will say this look it was that was a it's not pretty it's beautiful uh type game for the titans and i know we're getting a lot of those and again my point remains the same just stack wins just stack wins. The rest will take care of itself. I think last week against Kansas City showed you that you can hang with the best team in the AFC. The, if the, you know, obviously the Bills game aside, I think you play the Bills right now, you're getting a much different outcome. You're it's not gonna getting look that like Monday K night outcome. It's going to look like the Chiefs game, and you've right. Ryan Tannehill at quarterback now. So, I mean, just. I Stack wins so that way you can get a KC or maybe a Buffalo in your home stadium. Uh, if you do meet up in the playoffs, you're exactly right. And wins because you never know how that's going to shake out for them. You do your job and keep winning. Josh Allen may have to sit out a game with this elbow thing. You know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they may slow down a little bit. Like, you, you know, they started poor last season. Maybe they finished, you know, with a rough stretch. So, all the Titans need to do is keep winning. And you're right, the rest will figure itself out. Right. But right now, Austin. Mike Herndon's going to talk about it in a little bit. 
the gap between the top of the AFC and where the Titans are, I mean, that margin is getting slimmer and slimmer as the weeks go on. Right. And that's look, if the Titans just continue to do their job and win games, offense does just enough and the defense continues to dominate, then things will look good as December hits and as, as or excuse me, as Dehenber hits and winter is coming. People forget winter. About that. Winter is coming, you guys. OK, winter is indeed coming. So just keep stacking W's and everything's going to play out itself. All right. No need to stress. Oh, we only beat the Broncos by seven points. Look, to me, I liked the um, I liked seeing the Titans win with explosive plays on offense. That is something that we've missed both the you know, like the Chig play, the flea flicker, obviously like we've missed explosive plays in this offense for a couple of weeks now. And, I, and that's not just because Malik Willis started i mean obviously the the game plan was peeled back quite a bit in both of those games explosive plays specifically in the passing game because there were times where derrick henry would break free and another part of that is the titans figured out a way to win without derrick henry being really effective right right and that's the thing too over the last two three four years really the only explosive plays we've ever seen in this offense came from derrick henry or aj brown Obviously, AJ is no longer here. And Derek, you know, there's games where Derek will have like like he had on Sunday where he's just not able to be as effective as possible. I'd even throw in Jonu Smith, who continues to be misused in New England. I mean, yeah, what a waste, though. I'm so mad at the Patriots for overpaying for him and then not using him like they should. Jonu Smith should be a top 10 tight end in football, but they don't give a damn. They don't know how to use him. The Titans do give him back. To me, yeah, I dude, I'm right there with you. Bring back Janu. I to me, what we saw on Sunday was like us walking the aisles of Costco, okay? And we see someone in it in their hairnet and a little Costco apron, and they're serving out samples, big play samples. I got some big play samples here. You want some? And I'm I look, I will never not like I will never not go for a sample at Costco. I'm totally with you. You offer me anything. She could have been like, you know. You know, this is uh, this is fresh human feces with little cheese whiz on top. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'd be like, oh, delicious, yum, okay. And then she'd be like, we've got the box on sale on aisle seventeen. I'm like, look, lady, I don't, I don't need your sales pitch, okay. But I will be back around for a second sample in about ten minutes once I fake like that's what for something else. That's the way Todd Downing, I feel like, has coached this season, uh, where it's like he'll. He'll get a little. He'll get a sample here and there. Like he gave us this. He gave us a sample on um on on Sunday of big plays, big play samples. And what I want him to do now is to not only find that aisle seventeen for the full box of big plays. I want him to go and th- call the Costco manager over, get the forklift down, and buy a whole damn pallet worth of big plays. <laughs> yes, okay? please. I want more of what we tasted on Sunday. I want more big plays. I want this the confidence in this offense to be like this offense can can I don't need them to run with everyone, okay? I don't need them to be what the Chiefs are. They're never going to be that. I don't need them to be what the Dolphins are. They're never going to be that. I don't even need them to be what the Bills are, okay? I just need them to be an effective offense to where every time they take the field, we know we feel confident that they can score. I felt that a little bit last season. There were moments. There were flashes. I felt that. I definitely felt that two seasons ago. Okay. When that was when Derrick Henry was going off for 2000 yards. 
I want them to feel that again this season. And I know the weapons aren't necessarily there, but I think you can uh, great coaches. And I know Todd Downing is not one, but great coaches can do less with more. And that brings me to the discrepancy more with less. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. More with less. Todd Downing does less with more. more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, that takes me to the discrepancy with this offense of with this, with this, or excuse me, with this, with this overall team, the dynamic of the Titans right now. Okay. This defense is playing lights out on a week where you don't have Jeffrey Simmons, that defensive front, no Jeffrey Simmons and no Harold Landry, which we should point out every Sunday. They've, they've lost Bud Dupree. Right and Bud Dupree, uh, Amadi yeah, Hooker right. didn't play. Zach Cunningham's on IR. Christian Fulton got hurt before the game, so they were without uh-huh. a lot of guys on defense. Molden went uh, down. Elijah Molden that, went, that, went that down. Yeah, injury. in the game. Yep. The so the, this this team is like reeling of injuries, and yet they still somehow pull off six sacks in the game against a pretty mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now this defense currently ranks in the NFL. First in third down defense, first in the entire NFL, third down defense, 27.9 conversion rate. Okay. That means less than one out of every three third downs teams are converting against the Titans. They're second versus the run, giving up only 85 yard rush yards per game. They're fourth in sacks with 29, which I mean, I feel like the Titans have so many sacks. I can't imagine what it's like to watch a defense that has more sacks than the Titans, but they're eighth in scoring defense, uh, giving up 18.7 points a game. They're 23rd in total defense, which that is kind of goes more towards their bend, don't break philosophy. And they're 29th against the pass, which again, not great, but that's still pretty solid considering this defense has been banged, banged up all year. That is because whenever someone gets hurt, it's the next man up mentality. Honestly, you could tell me like, like Jeffrey Simmons went down on Sunday. I was really bummed, but I was like, you know what? I have faith in this defense. I have faith that whoever is going to fill those very large Jeffrey Simmons shoes or that very large Jeffrey Simmons jock strap, they're going to do just fine. Okay. Naquan Jones, Tier Tart, Danico Autry is still out there. Everyone on that defense is well hung enough to fill that jock strap. <laughs> All right. I, what I, now you contrast that with, I don't feel confident in this offense when they're fully healthy. <laughs> All right. So You're, think about I, that. Like, I agree. like when they're fully healthy, I don't feel confident. When and then if someone you you match that with if someone goes gets hurt and goes down, like if if Cody Hollister gets the starting nod, uh, dude, we might as well, we might as well punt on first down. God I am kills like, a kitten every time Cody Hollister is targeted. I am the same goes I, for Jeff Swain. By the way, what was that on Sunday? I Jeff, yeah, Jeff Swain. That's a whole nother conversation. But I, all I'm saying is like I just feel like this this. Offense is it, it, it's so much different when it comes to the coaching on this defensive side of the ball. When you've got guys like Shane Bowen, who's probably going to be a head coach somewhere in the NFL, if not next season, then the season after that. You think so? I mean, he is having a hell of a season, but that pass defense is is bottom tier. It's not. It's not great, but I do think like he is going to get some looks just based off of the success of this defense. Mike Rabel, we obviously. Uh, not enough good things can be said about Mike Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel, I'm hearing around the league because I listen to a lot of national radio shows. 
people talk so highly about Mike Vrabel, about like, yeah, well, you know, how could you not expect the Titans to beat? It's it's Mike Vrabel versus Nathaniel Hackett. Why? I wouldn't vote against Mike Vrabel against most coaches in this no. league. Like, that's the – Mike but Vrabel is giving this team a lot of – um just national respect because of the way he coaches. It's the culture he's built. And I, I do think that there is, to your point, I do think there is a false narrative out there about the Titans that they don't have a lot of talent on that roster. While they may not have a lot of talent on offense, their defense is absolutely loaded. I mean, Robert Woods, who I have an issue with, by the way, going back to big plays, Robert Woods is the third highest cap hit this season for the Titans at $10 million. What has he done? Robert Woods has been in, incredibly disappointing this but year. That that to me, I'm not going to hold that against Robert Woods. That's I, not gonna, a Robert Woods problem. To. That that to me is an offensive problem. That it to me is a, a, a not being able to figure out how to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Look at Chig. Look at Chig. Every time Chig touches the ball, he rounds out. He racks off forty plus yards. But uh, and Austin, he's touched the ball what twice in the last two weeks. Robert Woods was supposed to be the guy that keeps NWI and you know the reserve guys off the field every offensive snap that hasn't happened if if you right now gun to head who do i want out there in a playoff game give me robert woods nwi i mean I, i'm taking nwi no I, I am I, robert woods has done nothing this season i know i started this podcast by saying and, i know i started this podcast by saying nwi could very well go down as the greatest receiver of all time but I still think I'm going Robert Woods in that situation, Jack. I mean, like Robert Woods is 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 the veteran for a reason. He's Robert Woods is good. I like he's not like yeah he's had some drops and he's had some frustrating things happen to him this season. But in my opinion, I it is this it's the it's this culture around this offense, man. Like it's like guys are they've got cobwebs growing on them because they don't have like. Here's, we had we here's were literally when Malik Willis when Malik Willis started, the offense did very little. It was the most vanilla offense ever, and I get that you got a rookie quarterback, you got to dump things down, you got to rein it back in a little bit. But this offense did nothing, so it's like it's almost like they're starting over with scratch. With Ryan Tannehill finally getting the start again. Okay, I I I, I, I agree with you. Maybe I came in a little hot, but I mean, looking at the numbers. Robert Woods has 266 receiving yards on the season, 24 catches. NWI, nine less yards, 257, on half the amount of catches, 12. He's averaging 21 yards a catch. NWI has been the Titans' big play guy. He's not supposed to be the Titans' big play guy. Well, no, but Woods. but Robert Woods isn't supposed to either. Robert Woods, if you look at Robert Woods' career, he's never really been the over-the-top guy. He's a he's a possession receiver at... at well, he's By a every technician, he, sense of the definition. He, he's, you know, he was brought in to add versatility to this offense. And, you know, he he really hasn't done anything over the top, just one score through nine games. And I know that the Titans receivers aren't going to be, you know, hauling in a bunch of touchdown, touchdown catches in general. But I, I guess I just expect more from Robert Woods. He was held without a catch against KC. They really needed him to show up down some guys at the receiver position. He didn't do that. Two catches I, for 10 yards on Sunday. See, I, 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 Maybe our expectation for Robert Woods is different. I see. I don't view Robert Woods as a Maserati. I'm bringing to the car show. To me, he's a Toyota Corolla that I'm driving to the car show to enjoy other cars. Like I'm not like he's <laughs> he is he's reliable. I like that. I'm not I'm not showing him off. He's not going to burn anyone down the field. I I feel like 
He's just a guy. He was a veteran guy to maybe kind of help groom a Traylon Burks, help other guys in that wide receiver. Well, he, that he was brought in wide to, receiver room. He was brought in to play second fiddle to AJ Brown. AJ Brown's gone. So it, again, just like well, it's not yes. WI's yeah. fault for being thrust into a role um, that, that right. may be a little too big for his britches. It's not Robert Wood's fault either. But I am. I, I think I'm allowed to be frustrated. Titans fans are allowed to be frustrated that the team. He did not play well on Sunday. He did no. not play well on Sunday. He had a big all. drop. Hey, but yes. but I'm uh, back to my point. It's frustrating because the Titans' leading receiver through nine games has just 266 yards. I mean, but you could do that for. Guy, they, but they may not have a guy touch 600 receiving yards this season. AJ, they probably won't. AJ Brown has more receiving yards than the entire Titans' offensive core, or at least he did going into this week. I haven't I haven't checked the updated standings there, but I'm sure AJ will be. AJ one fun. catch seven yards on prime time. Seven yards. Yeah, well done, AJ. You douchebag. Gosh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I legitimately hate him now. I hate him. Um, the uh, <laughs> seven, he, he slipped a bunch. He, he had drops. He, he sucked on. Hurts put that ball. deep ball right in his arms and it just got wrestled away by the commanders. Uh, for my man, my man, my man spends his entire Sunday night the week before on Twitter live tweeting the Titans burning. And then goes out and produces that, dude. Are you serious? You go out. Not only do you lose to the commanders, but you pick up seven yards on one catch. And even that he had like a he like came up limping on the play. Just a total tool. I am. I'm so done with freaking A.J. Brown. And by done, I mean, I'm going to be petty as hell on Twitter like I was on 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 Monday night. Look, if he's going to if he's going to be petty as hell on Twitter, look, hey. I'll I could I could be petty with the best of them. Okay, it's not a great look for me, and I fully recognize that. Makes me look good. salty and sour. But yeah, work. but look, if he's gonna start it, I'm gonna finish it. Okay, <laughs> and you may not get many opportunities, Dragon, because that Eagles offense is uh, that Eagles offense is so good. And and let's be honest. Titans and Eagles play in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so that that run defense the Eagles have, though, I think Derrick Henry could have a monster day. Uh, let's hope so. Back. Let I don't like is that that game's on the road, right? Yeah, that's is in that Philly. Oh gosh, I, I really that. wish it was in Nashville, but it's in Philly. My wife was at Monday Night Football on on Monday. Really? She was at the Eagles Commanders game on Monday night. What? <laughs> Why? She was booing AJ. Well, like I was. I told her to. I told her to. I said. I said. Look, AJ Brown. They love him in Philly. Don't like him. Don't cheer for him. Boo him if you can. If you can get away with it. Don't get shot or have beer poured down on you or snowballs thrown at you. But just boo him if you can. But yeah. Maybe the the rest of the crowd's kind of upset. They're throwing yeah. some booze. Maybe maybe you get in there with some. AJ, you suck. You should. I told her. I said, if there's one thing my wife loves, it's drama. Obviously, she's a big Bravo reality TV oh, fan. Oh, uh, yeah. My girlfriend's the loves, same. Below deck. Loves herself some drama. If My wife can be out anywhere and find drama amongst people around her, like restaurants and stuff. She loves it. She mm-hmm. eat, lives for it. So I said, hey, you want some drama? AJ Brown, Titans. Let me let me fill you in. I told her the whole story. Good job. See, that yeah. that's a Titans fan's duty right there. If you're ever in the vicinity of Philadelphia, you need to have some AJ Brown slander ready to go. Austin, you did your job this week. Yeah, yeah, the Philadelphia Soul and the Philadelphia Eagles, two football franchises franchises from Philadelphia that we hate. Shout out Nashville Cats, which brings us forever. Yeah, which brings us to our guest this week, Uncle Mike Carnton. Let's get to him, but before we do, let's get a word from our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM, guys, if you don't like your sports book or you're tired of it, it's tough to it's tough to access. Maybe they're limiting some of your bets. 
BetMGM will not do any of that. Download BetMGM and new users, if you use code A to Z Sports, that's A-T-O-Z Sports, you'll get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Use it to bet against the Eagles. I feel like they're going to go down a little bit here. Maybe the Titans are a good bet on the road, plus three, against the Packers on Thursday. You can bet it however you'd like. It's risk-free up to $1,000, but you have to use that promo code. A to Z Sports. A-T-O-Z Sports for a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on professional football. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. While you're waiting for this interview, go vote for us. Vote for us right now if you haven't. Go do it. Stop what you're doing and vote for us. It's pinned on our uh, on our on our Twitter page. It's in our bio on Instagram. Go vote for us. We're joined now by an uncle who's joined this podcast many a times, uh, one that we have a lot of fun with uh, outside of the times when he's selling illegal drugs uh, outside of a FedEx store or something. Um, he, uh, he he may or may not uh, be doing illegal activities now. We don't know. But he is a columnist at paulkaharski.com. He is one of the few columnists at paulkaharski.com who's not named Paul Kaharski. He is covering Titans football there. And he's also the host of the Mike Herndon show on Broadway uh, sports media. And I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he is or not, but he may or may not be back with F words. I don't know. The guy is, I feel like he goes on that podcast more than he comes on this one, mm. which tells me that he's <laughs> running around, around with the wrong crowds <laughs> tells me that, you know, in the fight that we are in, and it is a knockdown drag out fight <laughs> against F words for the pod national sports podcast of the year i feel like he is not on our side in this battle which uh pains me to say but mike herndon follow him on twitter at uh mike herndon nfl right uh yeah at mike herndon yes. nfl uh mike are are you for us or are you against us dude <laughs> I've, I've always been for you what are you talking about i, I okay I have consistently said that I preferred your podcast to F Word Pod, even when I was on it. Really? I, I do. I do feel like I remember him saying that. I, I have said that before. So, yeah. all right. I, have you have you voted yet? Ooh, I don't think I have voted yet. Well, it, it's kind of like the midterms that just I'm, happened, right? Like I, I, I'm trying to do my own research. You know? Yeah, do your own research. <laughs> We're trying to flip a seat. We're trying to flip a seat in the house right now. That's why we brought you on. This yeah, would you a, be more of a uh, you know a swing vote type situation between us and F words because every vote does count, Mike. Yeah, would you be true. willing to share your screen right now and and cast the vote right now? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. I think I've got to take this down to the wire. I really want to see. Uh, you know, when is the next debate scheduled between you guys? <laughs> are and, you, and hang on. Time? Are Are you the Ken Bone of this uh, <laughs> of this I race? I, I, I am. Like... Uh, I'm one of those uh, awkward, undecided voters that they like to drag out right before uh, the election and interview. You know. Okay. All right. Well, we don't need yeah. to, we don't need him to share his screen either because he's probably got his cartel email up. We We don't want to know because then we're complicit. 
Well, I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm doing things that are even more shady than cartel business today on, on the couch. If it happens, I, I may need to just do this live on the show, but I am currently 467th in line for Taylor Swift tickets. So <laughs> if, if my number comes up, I'm going to buy the tickets live on the show uh, and you can't stop me. It's just going to happen. My wife is currently in line uh, for one of the Chicago shows. Are you are you going for Nashville, I assume? Nashville, yep, yep, yep. Okay, and she just added more dates to both Nashville and Chicago. She did, and, and I've been I've been in line since, uh, what, like 9.30 this morning, and I, I fortunately <laughs> left the house for a little bit to go eat uh, because I was like, I just can't sit here and look at this stupid counter anymore. She literally broke Ticketmaster, which is unreal it is she did to Ticketmaster what derrick henry does to most uh defensive backs faces <laughs> they uh oh also in my in my intro for mike herndon i also wanted to add that mike herndon one of the few people on twitter who has a nashville cats logo in his uh twitter avatar never forget that never forget that the is, nashville uh, my cats. For, uh, the uh og nashville all right, so Mike, we are uh we will see you sitting front row in the town square debates between F Words Pod and us. If you get the Taylor Swift tickets during this interview, you have to promise us that you will vote for us, right? Because I, I feel like that's I think that's how that works. Okay. Because okay. yeah, because that's pretty much why you would that's that's how you would get them is is by doing the interview with us. Mike, um I feel like the pressure is heating up on um it's always been hot amongst titans fans but i feel like the pressure is heating up at least when it comes to the media and mike vrabel in terms of todd downing and offensive play calling because i mean it's it's not great and we we've known that as fans but also we as fans we would be we would be willing to you know cut someone from the team after one bad week luckily fortunately for us NFL teams have a little bit more um, patience, <laughs> <Self -control>. but <laughs> I feel like it's continued where it's the, the team cannot, the, it doesn't rack up big plays, doesn't rack up big yardage. And it's, it's just been bad on offense. And now you're starting to see Vrabel have to face the fire a little wow. bit more. The closer we get to the playoffs, the longer Todd Downing is still in his offensive play calling seat. Am, am I wrong in that? Yeah, I mean, so I come down on a weird place with the whole Todd Downing thing because, look, do I think he's a very good offensive coordinator? No, I don't. I don't think he is. Like, we've got a lot of evidence now, like basically two and a half years of him being an offensive coordinator, and none of it is particularly good or impressive or uh, inspiring in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, no, I don't I don't think he's very good. Um, but I also don't think that, like, firing him is going to make this offense suddenly uh, – amazing or, or like fix all the problems and it's suddenly just going to be this totally different offense because unless they truly just gave Tim Kelly a title for no reason Tim Kelly would theoretically be the guy that they would promote to that job uh if if Downing was fired and Tim Kelly's the passing game coordinator the passing game is the problem like that is the problem it's not like he's done a whole lot to earn a promotion here um, if, if he is truly in charge of the passing game and if he's not, then, you know, the, I don't think they probably hold him in super high regard, uh, currently. So like, do I think they could probably do better than Todd Downing? Yeah, I think they could, but this season, maybe not. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that firing him does anything, but make the fans feel good 
for one week, and then you see the offense continue to struggle because Dennis Daly can't block and because, you know, they don't have any receivers that really can separate. And it's – I think it would just go right back to being what it is uh, just with a different guy for people to yell at and get mad at, so – Okay, cool. So there's there's no hope for the future or anything entailing this offense. Awesome. Cool. Great. All right. Just I, make I, will, I will offer some hope. I will offer some hope. Like I feel like Tannehill's return and that passing game coming to life against the Broncos made me more hopeful than ever that like they don't have to have a good passing offense. They just have to have a not terrible passing offense. They just have to be right. able to convert some third downs. They have to be able to occasionally find an explosive play. Um, and they were able to do that against the best pass defense in the NFL heading into that game. So I think that gives me some hope that maybe they can develop something out of the group that they've got, especially when Kyle Phillips returns and Traylon Burks gets a little bit more back into the flow of things and all that. So I still have a little bit of hope, but it, it's not because there's some like magician behind Todd Duncan to make it. I, I just feel like there's some stark contrast when it comes to the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Like the what this team is known for, like their defense, obviously, I mean, they proved it in the Kansas city game, which even though it was a loss, just, just how much this team can go through injury after injury, after injury and still produce results and still, you know, I mean, you, you're missing Jeffrey Simmons on Sunday and you rack up six sacks. Like it's the next man up mentality, which is phenomenal. It's awesome. And that I think that's all that credit goes to to Vrabel and Bowen and, and just the entire coaching staff on that front. And then you've got the offense where it's anything but that. Like it's even when you have guys fully healthy, you are not producing. But then you go through the injuries and it's it's not a next man up mentality. And I mean, that's got to just be strictly the coaches on the offensive side of the football, right? I mean, sure, execution plays a small part into it, but I just feel like it's a stark contrast from the offensive and defensive side of the balls on this team. I, I definitely think that's that's fair. I mean, the, the offensive coaching staff has not gotten nearly enough out of what they've been given as the defensive coaching staff has. Because, I mean, like you said, the, the group that was out there against the Broncos on defense – was not anywhere close to the group that, you know, is is super talented. Because the, the defense is really talented when the, the starters are all out there and, and you know, playing. But when you're down, I think it was I counted eight starters by the end of that game when David yeah. went down and Elijah Molden went down and they already had all the other guys out. Um, you're playing, like, literally the second-string defense, and they're still putting up that kind of performance in the second half. That's a testament to that defensive coaching staff. And I do think it does show that the offensive coaching staff isn't getting it done. Now, in their defense, they are – I think offense is a little bit tougher to, to plug and play guys generally because defense, I do feel like to some degree, like effort is a big part of it. Like if you can get them to provide a lot of effort, you're going to be better on defense more effort on offense doesn't make you, you know, necessarily better at, at throwing and catching a football or whatever. So um, I don't know that it's always as easy on offense anyways, but it is clear that they're not getting the same results, right? Like it, Dennis Daly is not performing like Mario Edwards or, uh, or Demarcus Walker or whoever, or Dylan Cole, whatever, you know, no name guy you want to throw in there that they literally plucked off of, you know, practice squads and, you know, the street in some cases. 
uh, and just shoved them into the starting lineup and they keep playing. Like Dennis Daly isn't doing that, you know, and you know, some of these, you know, receivers and tight ends, you know, other guys aren't doing that either. So they aren't getting the job done to the level they need to. And and I do think it ultimately comes down to the offensive coaching staff. What's so maddening, I think, for Titans fans is that Mike Vrabel continues to cover for Downing, though. You know, I mean, uh, you have the flea flicker to NWI, which was awesome and hilarious, all rolled into one. But there's a Dontrell Hilliard third down run early in the third quarter uh, that made no sense. There's the Malik Willis fumble. And after the game, Paul Kaharski asked Vrabel, you know, are are you satisfied with the play calling? And Vrabel totally skated the question and was like, well – um, you know, I I think it, it, I'm satisfied because Downing's getting the call to Ryan Tannehill in time, and it's like that's the standard. Just getting the play <laughs> in on time, like we've got it. We've got to set ourselves up for a bit more success. And Sam Phelan with A to Z Sports, the Titans reporter, he wrote a story on that yesterday, which I liked, and he kind of has the same opinion for a team that's going to make the playoffs and probably win the division again. Uh, when when is it time for the standard? to elevate just a little bit with Todd Downing. I mean, this is this is second year here. It's time to up it. I think that's totally fair. But I will say that I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Brable is holding Downing to a higher standard behind closed doors. You know, he talked today about, you know, the family culture and, you know, that he doesn't really like his family being talked about uh, publicly and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that's how he views this is it is – Todd Downing could be doing the worst job in the world. Like he could be dog cussing Todd Downing every <laughs> single day at practice, every single day behind, you know, meeting, meeting room doors. But I don't think he's ever going to come out and say, you know, be critical of him in the press. Like that's just not his style. Like, you know, obviously he's fired a couple coaches, um, you know, Jim Hazlitt and uh, uh, was it McKenzie, Tyrone McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, both inside linebackers coaches for whatever reason, but uh He's fired coaches before, and he never said anything bad about them. Never said anything bad about them until they were just gone one day. So, wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year, Todd Downing is just sent packing, and like you know, Brables has some you know thing about yeah, we thought we thought Todd did a good job here, but we just want to go in a different direction. That's as much as he's ever going to say, um, and we won't know that until after the year's over because he's not going to make a change in season. Like it's just not the way he does things. So, I think it's unrealistic to expect him to come out and say, Todd is making stupid calls. (laughs) Like, even if that's true, Todd's not going to say that. Yeah. It's ironic that, uh, Rabel's so protective of family now, considering, you know, draft night a few years back, his son was pooping with the door open. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a very, uh, intimate moment that was captured on NFL draft. I think it'd be a little more protective of that, but I, I'm sure. Yeah. Jack Todd Downing at all costs. Another guy who's open, openly pooping in public every Sunday. Uh, that's, that is accurate. That is what it feels like a lot of times. Like <laughs> Ryan Tannehill came back and looked awesome. I mean, he came back down 10 and I get it. The defense was a, once again, a major part in that, but Ryan Tannehill puts up 255 yards. Could have been a lot more if Robert Woods could catch the ball. Uh, Two touchdowns. And this is, again, against the Denver Broncos defense, which is the best pass D in the league. They were giving up 165 yards heading into this game. And Tannehill, you know, looked really solid most of the day. What do you you see this Titans team doing with Tannehill back there? Obviously, 
you know, taking care of the football is priority number one for him. But when he's able to make these throws, you know, and I get some of them are layups. That's how, you know, Todd Downing's going to scheme this passing game or, you know, Tim Kelly, whoever's doing it back there. We don't know. <laughs> but do you notice, I guess, just a total uh, – I'll ask you this. Have you seen enough out of both Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill to go ahead and just assume that it's going to be Tannehill again next year? I think so. I, I think that's where I am right now. And, and before the season started, that's not really where I was. I, I figured the Titans would give Malik Willis every chance to earn this job in 2023 um, because financially they're like, they are obviously very motivated to do that because they could save a lot of money by letting go of Tannehill in the off season. But to this point, I, I think the last couple days or the last couple weeks, shows the stark difference in where those two quarterbacks are currently as NFL passers. Like Malik Willis, you know, it's not all his fault that they didn't perform that well in the passing game the, the two weeks that he was in there. Like he didn't get a ton of help from his receivers. You know, guys should have caught passes that they didn't. All those caveats aside, the offense just runs different when Tannehill's in there. And it's not, it's not just like that he's, you know, more experienced, like, it's all the other stuff that he brings to it. You know, the play to Nick Westbrook-Akina, the first touchdown, I think is the perfect example. You know, Tannehill sees the zero blitz coming. Uh, he motions Hooper back in, calls him back in tight to the formation, knowing that he needs a little bit more protection uh, to be able to get this pass off. Brings him back in, gets the protection he needs, and hits Westbrook-Akina on an perfect pass in the back of the end zone for mm -hmm. touchdown. And it's him seeing what the defense is trying to do to him, anticipating it, getting them into the right spot, and then making the play. Like, doing all of that, all of that is what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, not just being accurate, not just being fast and strong and, and doing all the, you know, making the cool plays uh, like Malik Willis can do, but, like, all of the mental stuff that it, it does take Tannehill's experience and just, like, him being a 10-year starter in the NFL to be able to do some of that stuff it's critical to how like these offenses run. So I just think Tannehill's still just light years ahead of him. Um, I don't see that gap closing between now and the end of the season, which is really when they're, they're going to have to base their decision off of to, you know, what they're going to do for next year. So I, I think it's probably going to be Tannehill in 2023 and that's okay. That's okay. And it doesn't mean Willis is a bust. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth in year two quarterbacks. Now, Justin Fields is a prime example. I'm not saying Willis has that ceiling, but, you know, I think it was a perfect example of why Tannehill is so so much more important to this Titans offense than a lot of people are willing to give him credit for. And, you know, I understand that most people aren't going to take him seriously until he does it in the playoffs. But the Titans, when they go down, Malik Willis is not the guy to bring him back throwing the football. You see how much the coaching staff trusts Willis back there compared to Tannehill, who since he's arrived in Tennessee – all he's done is lead these fourth quarter comebacks, lead, you know, have a ton of game winning drives. So I, I, I think Ryan Tannehill's importance was on display Sunday, and it, it really should give Titans fans a new appreciation after seeing, you know, how limited they are with Malik Wilson there. And I, I think it also proves that with Ryan Tannehill, they win that game against Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I definitely think they win with, with Tannehill under center against Kansas City. And that that should also give you some hope, I think, as far as like what this team could do in the playoffs. Like, look, Tannehill has to show that he can do it in the playoffs. But this team and this defense, is, as long as the injuries 
don't get too out of control. And, and like that, oh, yes, that's a huge <laughs> this team. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> as long as the injuries don't get like an avalanche to where they're just not able to field a competitive roster whatsoever, the defense is going to keep them in games. And I trust Tannehill and Henry and, and some of the offensive infrastructure to be able to do enough to to keep pace. Uh, you know, as long as the defense is is holding teams to, you know, 15, 20, you know, points, which is really what they've been doing all season at this point, besides that that one terrible Buffalo game. Um, they're going to be in every game, and then it's just going to come down to who makes plays at the end. So I think you see the Chiefs, like the Chiefs aren't that far away from the Titans. We saw that last week. I mean, I think the Titans would have won that game in KC with, with Tannehill. The Bills are struggling now a little bit with, with the last couple of weeks, losing a couple games. You know, Josh Allen's throwing a ton of interceptions. Mm-hmm. All over a lot. You just hate to see that, don't you, Mike? It's yeah, it's really, really a shame, tough. honestly. Really I, uh-huh. My heart goes out to him. But the AFC feels more open than it, it has in the past two years to me right now, at least for the Titans, just because of the style of play that they'll have. And I think that will translate in the postseason. And as much as people want to say, well, but last year, you know, the defense played great and it didn't matter. They There was like 19 different ways they win that game against the Bengals. And it just didn't break their, their way at the end. And a lot of it is because Tannehill threw too many interceptions. But you think about like the play that Mike Hilton made and not to have to relitigate that whole game here, but the play that Mike Hilton made like 99 times out of a hundred, that ball bounces somewhere else. Mm. Uh, not right in the path of Mike Hilton. Right. So right. Right. If that ball bounces anywhere else in the field of play. The Titans likely score at least a field goal there, if not a touchdown. And, you know, that's a totally different game. Maybe they win it. Maybe they go on, you know, to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Like we don't, we just don't know. But I think if you can put yourself in a game, in the playoffs, anything can happen. And that's kind of where, where I think I actually have more hope for this team coming off this Broncos win, as ugly as it was at times, to make noise in the playoffs than I have at any point really, I mean, this year for sure. Um, I think Tannehill emerging and giving the passing game some credibility uh, it's it's exactly what they needed to become a, a real team to have to deal with in the AFC. Well, and w- add that fuel that that sour taste left last year. You know, I mean that I, that has got to play into how they approach whatever game. If they get the buy, if they don't get the buy, whatever game they play in the playoffs, they got to approach it with a different a different chip on their shoulder, almost, and with not as taking anything for granted. Now, um. I, I like how you say if they stay healthy. That's like saying like if if Todd Downing doesn't call a run play on second and ten. Um, <laughs> Mike, my question to you is: uh, Does Bud Dupree have grandchildren? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because that's the only explanation I could have for someone having that bad of hips. Uh, honestly, <laughs> it is. It's. I, are we ever gonna see a Bud Dupree fully healthy from the opening kick? to the closing seconds ticking off the clock. God, I, I hope so, because I, I really do love watching Bud Dupree play football. Like, he plays with such a violent, like, an aggressive style, and it fits just perfectly with the rest of this defense. But, yeah, the hip is certainly, like, an issue, and the fact that it's now flared up twice after the original injury is definitely concerning because, you know, as soon as that stuff starts lingering, it becomes harder and harder during the season to actually get it right. 
Um, I guess the fact that they haven't put him on IR is somewhat, um, you know, promising as far as him being able to return at some point in some capacity sometime soon. But you would hope that maybe they're able to give him, give him enough time to get fully ripe so he can actually play and stay on the field for full games and finish the season, maybe with playing three or four games in a row, which would be really nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. I, I like leaving work early just as much as the next guy, but I'm just hoping that Jim Wyatt's Bud Dupree in parentheses questionable to return with a hip injury doesn't it doesn't become like an annual a weekly thing like his Britchers report. You know, like I just let's keep yeah. let's get back to just Bud Dupree playing healthy for full games. That's he's, what I would love to. He's do. this year's version of Roger Saffold, where last year Saffold would go down two three times a game, and you're like. Well, this guy's really important to what we do. I hope he can come back in. You know, I mean, that's that's literally Bud Dupree. That's me every time Bud Dupree goes down. It's it, it's nerve wracking. But also when you have these guys like you mentioned that you're pulling off the street. I mean, Mario Edwards, Dylan Cole, Naquan Jones, Demarcus Walker, Rashad Weaver. All those guys had a sack and none of those guys were starters heading into the season. You feel a little bit more comfortable when guys start to go down. Not that you not that, you know, you, you you're better without Dupree, but you at least have somewhat of an answer behind him. Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely feel more comfortable now with the, the backups. I mean, I obviously, like, I feel like some guys are relatively irreplaceable. And and amazingly, you know, a couple of those guys were out in that Denver game and they still managed to perform really well. Like Jeffrey Simmons, you're not replacing what Jeffrey Simmons does for this team. Uh, I think Christian Fulton's another one. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that isn't as big of a factor against a team like the Broncos, but uh, you know, going forward against the Packers, against the Eagles, obviously, uh, you know, some of these teams that can really sling the ball around. Uh, you're going to need Christian Fulton to be out there. So um, they've just got to get most of these guys out there. Like, I, I feel like you can have one or two guys out, uh, and they've proven that you can. I mean, hell, Dylan Cole's been an upgrade over Zach Cunningham for most of the year. Um, but it, it is it is going to become a problem at some point, you know, if you just don't have – a ton of these key guys out there. And I'd, I'd almost say it's Simmons, it's uh, David Long, it's Christian Fulton for me. And and I would also throw Kevin Byard in there, which I know like Byard hasn't made a ton of plays this year. And it seems like he's been kind of quiet, but I think he gets, he probably should get more credit than he does for being the communicator on the back end of that defense and keeping them all working and functioning as a unit because they run a really complicated defense here. Uh, they do a lot with their coverage uh, and, and how they disguise things uh, until the last second. And Bayard is a big part of that and, and how they are able to keep guys like Andrew Adams and Terrence Mitchell and Josh Kalou coming in here and like being seamlessly integrated into this secondary. I think Bayard's a big part of that. Um, so I think those are kind of the Jenga pieces for this defense. They need to keep as many of those guys in place as they can. And then, you know, maybe you can fill around with, with the Mario Edwardses and, and stuff like that, who've been really good for them. Yeah. Is, uh, I don't want to say it. Is Caleb Farley a bust? I think, are so. we done? Are we done? Are we done with Caleb Farley? Like I, 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 I'm, I've been pulling for the guy. And even when everyone's like Caleb Farley sucks, I've been like, no, he doesn't actually suck. He's just got a case of the yips. Like I've been like, kind of like, a an apologist for Caleb Farley, but now with this injury, I feel like we've seen the last of him in two-tone blue. I feel really bad for the kid because, like, honestly, he's a bust, but he's a bust in the exact opposite way that Isaiah Wilson was. Like, Isaiah Wilson had 
all the physical talent like you could want and everything. And so did Caleb Farley. But Isaiah Wilson just, you know, mentally just chose not to almost. Attitude. Yeah. You know, he just yeah. did not care, didn't didn't do the work, um, was more interested in other things besides football. By all accounts, mixtapes interested in only football. Like that is all he thought. That's all he wants to do. He's worked really hard. Um, he's had to come back from some horrific injuries. And I, I don't know if people fully appreciate how hard that is to come back from multiple back injuries, multiple knee injuries and stuff like that. The physical toll that rehab takes on your body and, and how hard, like grueling it is. Um, and that's why I was willing to give him time too, just because it, he was coming back from the ACL. It usually takes guys at least, you know, a full year, if not more, to really start to feel comfortable and get all your physical ability back. Um, and he wasn't even there yet. Uh, and now he has the back issue pop up again. It's, it's just, it feels like it's almost alternating between back and knee for him now. Like, it's like, as soon as the knee starts to maybe get to the point where it's, it's, you know, healed back from the ACL, the back goes. And then when the back was coming back uh, last year, the knee went. So I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's like a critical mass of like really, really bad injuries um, that, that I just don't know if we're ever going to see the same guy that they drafted him to be out of Virginia Tech, which was a super talented corner who, um, you know, we just never really seen here because of the injuries, which is sad. Yeah, it, it, I like how you made the differentiation between him and Isaiah Wilson because Caleb Farley had every reason to give up with all of these injuries. And Isaiah yeah. Wilson had, uh, you know, no reason. To, he, he was, he had, you know, people would kill for that body type. I, I mean, seriously, that's a body type that makes $200 million in the NFL. And he just gave up before he could even, you, you know, get out there. And Caleb Farley worked so hard to come back from these injuries. It's tough to see. I totally. Yeah, he would never, he would never jump off a seven, second story balcony at a, you know, TSU. He, he party, wasn't right? doing donuts at Charlotte Pike, you no. know. He, he was he was in he was in the tub he was getting ready but it just he would know. never he would never drop a uh, a three minute song called meep meep where he stops singing <laughs> after a minute and five seconds <laughs> i forgot about that that's hilarious <laughs> mike big game this week short rest you're a beat up team david long you know we'll see if he's even able to go i like what i saw to money money rice last week but you've got Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. There's a sour taste in my mouth, and I'm sure there is one in, in you know, the Titans as well. Moldy cheese taste. Uh, they got <laughs> boat raced up in Lambeau last year. Everyone knew, everyone remembers. A.J. Dillon ran all over them. What has to change this season to come away with a win? Because, look, it's a totally different Packers team that we're dealing with now. And let me piggyback that question and ask, is Lambeau the new uh, Qualcomm Stadium? Because I feel like every time the Titans went to San Diego, like no matter how much better the Titans were than the Chargers, they would always lose. They would somehow find a way to lose. I feel like Lambeau starting to take that because Titans have only won in Lambeau as Titans once since becoming the Titans. So just to piggyback, is Lambeau the new Qualcomm? Yeah, it's it's getting there. It's getting there for sure. Um, I think one thing that I think helps them, honestly, is this not not being a blizzard. Right. I, I mean, the the snowstorm and, and a lot of people I know felt like maybe that would help the Titans because of, you know, it, it was Derrick Henry and it was, uh, you know, they were they were saying, well, you know, the Packers were more of a passing team and the snow will hurt the passing game. Well, that's not how it played out at all. It turned out that uh, the snow just made it to where Dory Jackson, like could not stand up on two feet 
um, and was slip sliding around trying to cover Devontae Adams. Uh, and, and it just was a total disaster. Like nobody on the Titans looked like they were comfortable with their footing and the Packers looked like they were very comfortable uh, playing on snow. So I, I do think just be frigid ass cold and not frigid ass cold and snowing probably helps the Titans maybe avoid such a, a disastrous performance in this game. Um, but yeah, it is a very different Packers team too. There's no Devontae Adams, who's kind of the, I mean, he was the guy that to me, there's just nothing that the Titans could do about it uh, in that game. The Titans secondary is different now. Uh, the Titans defense is obviously much, much better now uh, than it was when they played that game. And uh, I think the Packers offense is worse. The Packers are banged up too, by the way, like the Titans are banged up. The Packers, the Packers are very banged up. They lost, their starting corner, their best edge rusher, they lost, uh, you know, their, their really their best wide receiver, um, that rookie uh, Dobbs, they lost him. Uh, they Their offensive line, I think, just played its first game together last week and has been dealing with a lot of injury issues between Bakhtiari and Elchin, Elchin Jenkins and, and all these guys have been hurt. Um, so two banged up teams. I, I go back and forth on whether the – Packers winning that game against Dallas was good or bad for the Titans in this game, whether mm. it got the Packers rallied a little bit to where they're going to have some, some energy and mojo coming into this thing, or if it's kind of the, the false, uh, false sunrise kind of situation where, uh, you know, they're, they're going to think, okay, we fixed everything. And then all of a sudden the Titans come in and steamroll them. But uh, it'll be inter- it'll be an interesting game. It's a good measuring stick because it's it is a desperate Packers team, um, and it, it's a a decent Packers team. Like I don't think they're really good, but they're not bad either. They're a weird team to me. Um, so it's on a short week. Like it's a cop out to say I have no idea what's going to happen, but I really just don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we we still don't know who's going to be playing for the Titans. I mean, there's right, so many yeah. key guys that are you know in limbo for this game. It's it's impossible to predict what exactly is going to happen because you don't know you know if if half the defense is going to be out again. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it it worries me playing the Packers uh, this close to Thanksgiving. You know, where guys are probably thinking about you know family time, and you're going up against a quarterback who wants nothing to do with his. So. <laughs> That's, That's also another factor you need to, you know, I think is in play here. Rogers isn't wasting a single moment planning any Thanksgiving. Day. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what do you? They're like, yeah, so it's a good thing we're playing this Thursday, not next Thursday. Am I right, Aaron? He's like, what are you talking about? What's next Thursday? <laughs> What's next Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think I might have an ayahuasca party that day. Yeah. <laughs> Shailene, come back. Uh, uh, all right. Um, I think I'm out for Mike. Other than the fact of Mike, where are you in line for Taylor Swift tickets now? Three thirty nine. Three thirty. Three thirty nine. Okay, so, yeah. but you went That's up a hundred just as when sitting here with us, right? That's true. That's true. It, it, it has boosted my point in line uh, by yeah over a hundred. My wife texted me during um, during this interview and said that we secured ours. We got six tickets, uh, Soldier Field. So if Mike, if anything happens. You can't make it. Let me buy your vote with the Taylor Swift ticket. Okay. There you go. Okay. All right. Okay. My, my love Chicago. So, I mean, we're, we're not opposed to coming up there. Okay. All right. And Mike, just for the record too, you said that we, this podcast is better than F words pod. 
Uh, yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been steadfast on my uh, my belief that it is a superior podcast. Yeah. Can you say it just outright? <laughs> the the Tighten Up Pod is better than F Word Pod. <laughs> That's a clip. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, I'll be okay. Now there you go. Good. All right. Thank you, Ken Bone. We appreciate it. And uh, we we expect uh, hopefully we, we can expect your vote. And other than that, you know, it is your civic duty to do so. And uh, but no, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for not committing any uh, drug deals while you're on the this episode with us. And uh, we appreciate you as always, Mike. I, I do want to just make sure Stoney knows that I am expecting a plaque, whether you guys win or whether F words. <laughs> oh, oh, he'll make uh, it for you as long yeah. as you just pester the shit out of him like we did. Last oh, yeah. Time. He'll make he'll, like, dude. Either way, I've been integral to the win. So I, I'm expecting a plaque either way. Mike, you have way more Twitter followers than us. So even if you just got all of your Twitter followers to tweet at uh, Stoney, like he'll probably create like maybe one if not two categories you can do a mvp a most valuable podcaster i think you're up for that one mike i mean look you 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 go on all the shows i think you deserve it at least that much right i i mean i i'm not gonna argue if you if you're i'm not gonna argue at Mike Herndon, NFL on Twitter. Check him out at paulkaharski.com, all his Titans writing. Honestly, and I and I I've said this before and I'll say it again. Probably the best Twitter follower out there. Um, no offense, Jack. Uh, but Mike, <laughs> Mike is uh when it comes to Titans, Titans information and a gr- and Titans takes that I most of the time agree with. Like I probably have a higher hit rate with the uh, takes that I agree with. When it comes to Mike, in fact, I, I, if I have a take on the Titans before I put it out in the ethos, I go and check Mike's timeline to make sure like it's not too far out of bounds, uh, in that role. So at Mike Herndon show on Twitter and you can catch that show at Broadway sports media, Mike, you're the man, dude. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Do yourself a favor and go vote for us. Listen, Tuppers, you guys are loud. You are proud. You are the best of Titans Twitter because, well, one, you get us and you get this show that we do. But you also uh, you come you have our backs all the time. Obviously, we don't even we don't even get an award last year with the uh, So Bros Network podcast awards without you you guys created such a buzz for us last year that they created their own category for us and gave us an award this year we're in an actual category not that the last one isn't an actual category but we're in we're in best <laughs> national sports podcast we're up against lamestream media from 440 sports network and we're up against the f words pod look honestly it's the only we're the only non 440 sports uh media 440 is it 440 sports media 440 yeah, media 440 440 sports right let's just whatever 40 for short just in case yeah well we're not we're the only podcast that's not in that 440 podcast network so if you like a to z this is the you should be voting for us i mean a to z does so much great content through and through and we are the titans flagship podcast of a to z so help us out Go vote for us. And don't don't just vote for us, but share the link with friends and other people that you know that have Google accounts and just send it to them and say, hey, 
vote for this. Vote for Titan of Pod. Vote for Titan of Pod. I send it to my family. I'm going to send it to my in-laws. I'm going to I'm sending it to everyone I know because I want we need as many votes as we can get. We're going to win this damn award, I promise. Uh, at least I hope. Um but shout out to <laughs> Shout out to Tim the Titans fan and Rocky Top TN Titan. Uh Yes, all, yes. Both of those guys sent us pictures, actual proof of their vote. If you do that, we'll retweet it. We'll shout you out next week, hopefully when we have won the award. So go do that. Go do exactly what Austin said. It's it's pinned on our Twitter. It's in our Instagram bio. You're going to start seeing that link a lot this week. So when you have 10 seconds, because that's all it takes, go vote for the Tighten Up podcast. Vote for Tighten Up podcast, please. We will. We cannot do this without you. We haven't been able to do this without you. We've done 141 episodes. We haven't been able to do one of those episodes without you. We appreciate each and every single one of you guys. For the last 41 episodes, you guys have damn near named every one of these episodes. So... <laughs> We appreciate that with the same fire and, and tenacity that you bring giving us so titles. Do the same with voting for us. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Um, and we it this isn't just a you're not just it's not just a couple of podcast hosts and listeners. That's not the relationship we have. It's a damn community that we have built every Sunday watching Titans together and cracking jokes and being on the inside of the dumb jokes that we create. You guys are right there with us and we appreciate you. So please take the two seconds that it takes. Honestly, it take it I it might have taken me less than two seconds. You it's just click on the link. Quick. You click on the link, you hit you click on our name and you hit submit. It's three clicks and boom, you've got three clicks and you're voted for us. Click, click, click. Just like that. On to Thursday. We got a short Thursday. week. Thursday. It's a short week. The next time Which, you hear us, it, it's gonna be you know, you've heard all the takes. It's going to be regurgitated nonsense. We'll spice uh-huh. it up for you next Tuesday. But we got to preview this Packers game. Let this be a let this be a really quick reminder for everyone because I honestly forgot about this until today. Like I knew all week they play Thursday. Titans play Thursday. Titans play Thursday. Thursday night football. It's got the Titans and Packers. All week I've been telling myself that. But what I haven't been reminding myself, and let this be a reminder to all of you, the Titans don't play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't realize weird. I didn't realize that until until literally today. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, damn. I, there's no Titans game to watch on Sunday. And I, I texted my wife, who's going to be out of town. And I was like, man, you're missing a, a Titans free Sunday. Like we could have gone to like a pumpkin patch or something. <laughs> pumpkin patch in November. I don't know. I don't know what you do in November, <laughs> but like we could have done it. Maybe we go to like laser tag or something. Yeah. Anything is on the table when the Titans are not. No, you're exactly right. It's going to be an empty. The important thing is the Titans will be well rested when the Bengals come to town, but for the Packers game, they've got some, they've got revenge on their mind that 2020 game. It does feel kind of like yesterday. I mean, if that seared into my mind, I believe that was a Thursday night game as well. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, Thursday or Monday. Yeah, um, it was. It was. It was definitely a primetime game at night, and it was the only game on TV. Yeah. So, so Titans lost that one, forty to fourteen, in a in a frozen Sunday, tundra. Sunday night, I think. Sunday, Sunday night. night. It, it may have been Sunday night. Frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. They got ran all over. I mean, they couldn't figure out the cleats. The defense looked slow. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Aaron Rodgers and that offense did get things going for the first time this season with a comeback win against the Cowboys on Sunday. It actually was the first time the Cowboys in franchise history, 195-0 and coming into this one. 
that went up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, they blew the lead. So they're now 195 and one. Aaron Rodgers owns those guys. But, you know, I, I think it's a, an interesting matchup here with the Titans heading uh, on the road to Green Bay. Aaron Jones is the key for this offense, right? They don't have Devontae Adams anymore. He's not going to burn anybody deep. Christian Watson had a coming out party. Talk about NWI yeah. coming out. Christian Watson, yeah. three touchdowns, a couple huge plays. But I'm worried about the linebacker position. David Long's status is up in the air. Cunningham's on IR. I liked what I saw from Dylan Cole. If the Titans can shut down Aaron Jones, they'll win this ball game. They just got to find a linebacker who can cover him and account for him in the passing game. Yeah, the Titans currently do have the second best run defense in the NFL. So I feel good there. But, you know, it's the... Yeah, you have to wonder, did did the Packers figure things out or was it more of a fluke? After the game, Aaron Rodgers was, his quote was, um, I think the most important thing to remember is, we're not dead. I hope after the game on Thursday, he's like, okay, now we're dead. (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah, all right. That the Titans got us there. Uh, this one's this season, we could pretty much throw it all away. I, Mike had a good point, Austin. This Packers team is going to be hungry coming into this one. They needed it a right. whole lot more than the Titans do. Although Ted Lasso just got hired by the Colts, and now all of a sudden they might have life. Um, so, so you do kind of have to respect that the Colts are still there, although they have no tie breaks, no anything going their way when it comes to the Titans. But the Packers absolutely need this one. Lafleur got got Vrabel's goat the last time they played. I know Vrabel wants some revenge. Um, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. It, it's it's a different matchup, and the the Titans do have some revenge on their mind. I, I hope they can replicate what they've done on defense here the past two weeks against the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. That even though he's had a down season, can still kill anybody. To me, I think this is the hashtag avenge Luke Stalker game. Mm. Anytime we go up against Lafleur. It's all I think about. Honestly, anytime I see LaFleur and his stupid, greasy face, that's all I think about is Luke Stalker. Oh, God. And handing the ball off to Luke Stalker and fourth and goal from the one against the Texans on Monday night. Not getting it. With Derrick Henry in your backfield, mind you. Handing the ball off. You want to complain about Todd Downing's offensive play calling? Which, yes, LaFleur is a much better play caller than Todd Downing. But in that moment, (laughs) in that moment, very Todd Downing esque. That was a very much like, oh, let's bring in oh, Malik. Malik. Exactly, exactly. That is exactly the Malik Willis pack. Oh, let's Luke's let's hand it off to to Chig on an end around uh, on third and one. Like that was it was very much a Todd Downing kind of overthinking things type play. Matt Lafleur, this is the hashtag Avenge Luke Stalker game, and uh, I'm I'm here for it. The thing is, if the Titans win this game, everybody's going to start talking about them. Uh, the the national media does their best to ignore the Titans because they don't play exciting football on offense, but they do know about this defense. They have to. They saw it. Yeah. They saw it on prime time against Kansas City. Titans back in a prime time spot again, where historically Vrabel has done extremely well in these spots. Uh, although the, Buffalo happened earlier in the season, this team well, come a long way from that. Game. This is how this is how the narration of the season has gone. The first primetime game, which was kind of like a half primetime game. I don't even want to call it a full prime. They were sharing. They were sharing that that night because the Eagles and Vikings played the later window. And most of the eyes went to the bigger market teams, the Eagles and Vikings. So not as many people saw the beatdown that the Titans got, but people still did see it and thought kind of wrote the Titans off. But you know what? We didn't write back. 
Then, then the <laughs> next primetime game, Sunday night, last week against the Chiefs. Even though that was a loss, in my in a lot of ways, that was a win for the Titans because people said, oh, damn, the Mike Vrabel's coaching knots around Andy Reid right now. All right? Uh, Mike Vrabel is a damn tummy tuck for Andy Reid. And then <laughs> you got this Thursday night game against the Packers. If they can beat a quote-unquote historical franchise like the Packers, a MVP Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers in primetime, then I think it's like, I think everyone will be, like you said, fully on board to go, like, gear up for these Titans and to make their playoff push. They'd accept, like, they'd accept them as a legitimate contender in the AFC, especially right. the Buffalo. They'd say, right? they, you'd get a lot more of the Steve Youngs, which Steve Young, before Monday Night Football last night, said, who's the first team to hand the Eagles the loss? And they pulled little pretzels out of bags, and then they ate them. Steve Young pulled out a Titans pretzel and said, don't sleep on the Tennessee Titans. I think this Titans hand the Eagles the first loss of the season. People, uh, you're going to start to get more Steve Youngs out there if they can win on Thursday night against isn't the Packers. It, isn't that, that, that bothers me, but it really doesn't bother me if that makes sense, and I'll tell you why. It's because everyone always says, oh, don't don't sleep on the Titans, but nobody will ever pick them. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, don't sleep on the Titans. I'm going to sleep on them, right. but you don't. Make sure you right. don't do that. It's like an undisciplined child in a mattress shop. She's like, don't sleep on that. And then sure enough, the mom turns her back and what are they doing? They're sleeping. The little the kid, kid's sleeping right there on the, the kid's bed. in a rim cycle. I mean, he, he's not going anywhere, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. They're, People they're telling paying attention to the Titans. If they win this game, even if they don't win this game and play green Bay close, because you know, I think the Titans have a lot of, of stuff kind of going against them this week. It's time to start the- some respect on this team. The, the national media is a bunch of narcoleptics and they're saying, don't sleep on the Titans. <laughs> and then falling asleep before they could barely even finish their sentence. All the right. Titans Jack, gonna, the Titans are going to make them funnel coffee. If they beat green Bay, I'll tell you that much. They're not going to sleep anytime soon. If you haven't voted for us yet, go vote for us, please, 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 please. I know. Trust me. This is the last week we're, we're going to be begging for votes and we are begging. Let it don't let it be lost. We are begging you for your vote, okay? It's not a it's not a a <laughs> shameless plug to be asking you to go vote for it. No, just straight up, it is a plug. It is a it is a shameful plug, if anything. At that, we, we are, are not too desperate. proud. We are not too proud to get on our knees and beg. And you heard we, from Mike Herndon. You're voting for the right podcast. You're voting for the right podcast. The, 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 this is the thing. This is the best Titans podcast. It's just not everyone knows about it yet. Don't sleep on the top, Austin. Don't sleep on the top. Don't sleep on the top. Even though almost everyone is sleeping on the top, don't you don't sleep. You on don't it, make okay? sure you're not the one that's sleeping. And on the, the top. best way to set an alarm is with that that link in our bio to go vote for us. All right. Every vote does count in this. I know you hear that in elections where every vote does not count. They, but, they lie but this to you. Is different. This in is different. In the U.S. elections, not every vote counts. Okay, that's a total lie. Don't, don't let them lie to you about that. But this election, let me tell you, this one, every vote counts. We. This, this is the one to vote. So go out and vote for the top. We'll be campaigning um, on social media. We won't be uh, plastering our signs in anybody's yards because that's obnoxious, but we will be blowing, blowing it up on social media. So if you see that link, make sure to go vote. We're that's right. And see it, by the way. if you're wondering, okay, wait, uh, so I'm sorry. I I've been listening to this whole podcast, but I still don't know where the link is at tighten up pod on Instagram. 
at Tighten Up Podcast on uh, Instagram. Did I say that right? At Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. At Tighten Up Twitter, Podcast on Instagram. Gosh, I'm an idiot. We've got it. Yes. We're, we're deep into this zone. We're deep into this zone. So go go follow us there. Go vote for us there. At A to Z Sports 2. A to Z will be helping us push this link out so you can check it out there. Uh, but give us a follow. We're trying to reach 1,000 followers by draft night. And we're we're kind of almost there. I mean, we were almost there before this past year's draft night. But We've we're been almost, almost there. there for like nine months. I, it's almost like kind of like quicksand. I think the harder we try for followers, the the deeper we sink. I don't know. It's weird like that. Uh, <laughs> I'll never understand social media in that sense. So uh, follow us there. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry, and I highly suggest you do so because if Mike Hernan's the best Twitter follower, Jack is number two. Wow. So nice of you to say. Austin, winter's coming. I expect more Derrick Henry content to be pumped out from you and at Cork Bats, always a great Titans follow. Um, really a follow, even if the Titans aren't your team. They, they've got it all over there. Austin does a great job running that. Make sure you're following Austin Huff. He is actually a top Titans follow at Austin oh, Huff you. on Twitter. But, guys, you've heard it. We've begged for it. We need your votes. We need the need Titans to win again on Thursday. I think they've got a shot to do it. They keep impressing everybody. Let, let, let's, let's see the Titans come out on top on Green Bay, and hopefully next week we'll have an award to brag about. Okay, go vote for us. Go vote for us. Uh, Titans, let's. I think if the Titans beat the Packers, then the Titans should officially get the dun, 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 go team, go chant because you know the, the Packers have go, pack, go. Mm-hmm. And they actually still do theirs. The Titans, I think, should reclaim it if they can beat the Packers in Lambeau on Thursday night. That's fair. Okay. All right. Winner deal. take all. Okay. And winner take all. And we get Aaron Rodgers too. Uh, what? <laughs> no, I don't, we don't want need Aaron. Rodgers. No, we'll take Aaron Jones though. We don't need Aaron Jones either. Who do we want from the pack? Who do we? Yeah, take? I don't know. I, oh who? well, we we would take back to Reggie White. Oh, back to our. Yes, Reggie yes. White, yeah. All right. Uh, I guess with all that said, until next week. Tight now. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they're 